This is Set Aside Some Time, an MSPN podcast, and it's brought to you by the National MSP Network, or MSPN for short. And now, on to the episode. Thank you for setting aside some time with us today. Um, I am Jennifer Shemansky, the co-chair of the MSPN podcast committee. Um, and joining me this week is Suzanne Jordan. Suzanne is a compliance manager at Broadspire, and she has actually been in this space that we're going to talk about today, the um, mandatory insurer reporting since 2009. Welcome, Suzanne. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me, Jennifer. Thanks, and you're a frequent speaker at MSPN, so we really appreciate you jumping on the podcast with us today. Um, our focus today is going to be on those civil money penalties um, that CMS released late last year. But I thought, Suzanne, it might be a good idea for us just to do a little bit of background um, before we kind of start into the penalties themselves. So did you want to give us maybe kind of a little bit of background of how did we get to this penalty piece, um, kind of what was the lead up to it? So in 2009, CMS had, well, in 2007, they actually signed into legislation the federal law surrounding what's known as Section 111 mandatory insurance reporting. Around 2009, they started releasing information about how they wanted claim information for both workers' comp, liability, and no-fault claims reported to Medicare. So that took several years to um, iron out the kinks, if you will, in the process. So we are all now actively electronically reporting. Some people do self-reporting, but for the vast majority of us, we're doing electronic reporting because we're reporting lots of claims. So... um, They released uh, preliminary language on how they would issue what are known as civil money penalties. They used to call it civil monetary penalties, but it was changed this past year. So I'm having a hard time, you know, adjusting to the new um, lingo, if you will. Right. Right. So. um, So anyway, they released for public comment about three years ago. Um, the latest on how they were planning to issue penalties and asked for people's feedback. Once they received this feedback, they finally, finally came out with their final penalty language in October, November of 2023. It took quite a while to get it published. So it is now published they're really going to happen. We've all been waiting. It's like waiting for the big race since 2009. And here we are. So now we're actually talking about here's what you need to do. Here's what you should look out for. And we're all trying to understand the information that Medicare and Medicaid services has released so that we can all be sure that we're in compliance. Is that right? And so maybe we should additionally do just a couple of acronyms. So RRE are the responsible reporting entities. So in case you and I slip into um, using the acronyms, those are the people that are reporting. And maybe Suzanne, we should talk a little bit about kind of how you mentioned they do it electronically or there's the possibility to actually, if they have very small amount, to do it kind of individually on CMS's website, that direct data entry piece. But for the most part, people who are these REs that are reporting are doing it electronically. And you wanna talk a little bit about how often they do it and kind of what that setup is real quick? Sure, no problem. So RRE, again, Responsible Reporting Entity, 
that could be like a self-insured company. That can be a insurance company, like um, some of your large ones that are out there that do commercial insurance um, or, you know, a very large self-insured client. It just depends on what type of claim it is. So basically every RRE is allowed by CMS, Center for Medicaid and Medicare Services, to do one, once a month, they can do a query. The query, you have to send in your five key fields, first name, last name, date of birth, social security number, and gender. They will come back and tell you if that individual is a Medicare beneficiary. If they are a Medicare beneficiary, that's when you need to be sure that you're in compliance with Medicare to avoid these civil money penalties that are now coming right around the corner here. So that's the monthly query process. And then one time per quarter, each RRE is assigned a particular period where they can report to CMS. And that happens once a quarter. And that's your opportunity to say, okay, here's the claims that I've made payments on that I have ORM, which is ongoing responsibility for medical. And um, here's the payment or here's the claims that I have had a TPOC or a total payment or a total payment obligation to claimants that is really a settlement judgment or award that you have issued to um, someone that is either workers' comp, liability, or no fault. So um, that's your opportunity once a quarter to report. Did that help a little bit? <laughs> it did. Actually, it really did. So kind of with that basis of um, you know what needs to be reported, then we can maybe talk about, did you want to talk for a second about, you mentioned they proposed the rule, and then we got a final rule. And um, I think, Suzanne, I would say in the realm of what we could have gotten, um, the final rule was a very good thing compared to what we thought was going, what was proposed and what we thought was going to be put into place. Yes, the proposed rule was much different than the final rule that they released. So on the NGHP, non-group health plan side of the house, we really came out well in how Medicare will be looking at issuing penalties for Section 111 mandatory insurance reporting. So yeah, I was thrilled about that. Um, I, I have to be honest, not that anyone's thrilled about penalties, right? But I was thrilled that the language, you know, CMS listened to us. They said, okay, we, we hear the community, we hear this doesn't make sense, or, you know, this this won't work. And they really did uh, make some concessions. So um, I, I was pleased with the final rule that came out. Really, and it can be said, really, it's one third of what it could have been, right? CMS had initially proposed three different lanes of, of potential penalties, and we were really kind of left with one lane. So I I really do think, um, again, in the grand scheme of things, you're right, nobody wants to get penalized. But if we're going to, um, this is, you know, a lane that I think most people can understand. And, and you know, they, they did a fairly good job laying it out. Speaking of um, how they laid out the final rule, um, I, I did note when they kind of went through um, and it, it was published, they really kind of took the um, approach that, listen, they weren't trying to penalize anybody or, you know, kind of go after anybody, that they were really just looking to make sure that people were doing the reporting and to potentially, you know, penalize people who weren't reporting or really were kind of just not pay either not paying enough attention or we're maybe willfully just reporting not the correct way. Absolutely. And and I had the same sentiment. I mean, when they came out with their final rule, it really showed their 
um, concern and empathy. And, and the other important thing to mention is while they use different contractors in the coordination of benefits and other activities related to Medicare, Medicare is taking these penalties so seriously that any penalties that will be looked at and reviewed will not be reviewed by external sources. They have committed themselves that, hey, this is so important to CMS that we are going to be the ones to review the claims and issue the penalties. It's not going to be any contractor outside of the Medicare system. So I, I thought that was really um, well-spoken as well. I, I was happy about that. Right. And in that same vein, they've, they've been very transparent about the fact that they're seeking input through this process and that they have that they are going to update people as they work through the process on their end and kind of finalize details. And in that regard, we had a town hall in January that maybe we'll reference a little bit later. So uh, so I do think um, really the community um, has been working kind of more together on this than I think we've seen in the past. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, okay. You want to dive into the, the town hall conference that took place on January 18th. I can, I can give you my insight. And this is again, some of my personal, um, a personal opinion and background. I honestly didn't see anything that shocked or surprised me that came out of that town hall conference. Everything that they had talked about, everything that they had published, there were no, um, there were no shocking surprises in there. So, you know, there were a couple of new things and I, I'm going to talk about that. So the town hall conference was on January 18th of 2024. And since this time, they have released the webinar, you know, the slides that they used. And I encourage you to go out to the um, NGHP website and we'll talk about where that location is in a minute here but um, i encourage you to go out there and look for under what's new and look for that webinar because it'll give you a really nice breakdown so um so let me dig into that if you're good with that jennifer absolutely okay so here's here's kind of a breakdown here um they first went in and this was probably one of the best pieces of the final rule that I saw. <laughs> not, not only are the um, financial penalties less, but there are going to be no instances of retroactive enforcement, which is important to the entire industry. So you need to get those claims reported now because they aren't gonna go back in time. So that was a big relief, I think. So what they're really gonna be looking at is the timeliness of the reporting that's going to be reviewed. They're not gonna review every record and it's gonna be a tiered approach to how they, do the, how they do the penalties. So the penalties will be based on, okay, you have a claim that was reported one year late or you have a claim that was reported two years late. So that's how they're, the approach that they're going to take. And they actually outlined some really good examples in that publication that they released. So I really think that it would be beneficial for everybody to download a copy of that under what's new on the NGHP website for Medicare. So in, in the items, they went through, and let me just, I'm going to blow this up so I can see it a little bit better. They went through a, ver a variety of things. So they said the audit, they came out with terms, which I was glad that they came out with some new terms. So audit is the process by which CMS will randomly select 250 records to review to determine if they're timely or not. So they did add a definition for that. And it's also can be found, there is the latest user guide. There is a CMS user guide. If you're new to this 
community and to this area, you really need to go and look at the latest CMS user guide, which is version 7.3. And each chapter has a summary of updates. And one of those chapters has information on the civil money penalties. So please refer to that. That'll give you lots of great information. But yep, back to the thing, I'll just jump in just so everybody knows. It is, yes, if yes. you Google out the cms.gov website, it is, a, as Suzanne mentioned before, it's NGHP, non-group health plan user guide. We are non-group health. Group health has their own reporting. Non-group health is your work comp, your liability, and your no fault. So if you if you um, Google that over, as Suzanne indicated, in January, we got 7.4. That's the newest guide. So if you pull it up, it's on the bottom of that screen. Oh, I'm, I'm, I apologize. You're right. 7.4. <laughs> oh, I didn't okay. even notice. Did you not? Yeah, say no, I, I said it was 7.3, but they've oh. had quite a few revisions lately. So um, thanks for catching that for me. No problem. So, um, so the other two things, and this came out as part of the, when we were all attending in November of 2023, the National MSP Network, which is a nonprofit organization that primary goal is to educate the entire community in this MSP, Medicare Secondary Payer. And um, they had identified, they being CMS, a couple new terms that we had never heard of. And that was released and they actually created a definition and released it during the webinar on January 18th. So I was happy about that. One was known as a record and the other one was known as an instance. So a record, which I had viewed a record differently in the world of Section 111 reporting, but in respect to civil money penalties, a record is any individual occurrence of a TPAC, again, a total payment obligation to claimant, that is the settlement judgment or award, or ORM, and that's a real important one, that stands for ongoing responsibility for Medicare, or medical, sorry, <laughs> And um, for Medicare beneficiaries, that must be reported to CMS. If a particular case has both an ORM and a TPOC component, this will constitute two separate records. So they are looking at TPOC, our settlement payments, right, entirely separately from ORM, ongoing responsibility for medicals. So um, they really define this. It's in that handout that they um, have on their website. So I would encourage you to look at it. The other new term that was introduced by CMS last November was an instance. When referring to instances, this is their definition. I'm reading it verbatim. When referring to instances of noncompliance, any situation discovered through the audit process that could result in a civil money penalty as a result of untimely submissions of a record. So these are a little bit new terms, and I was glad to see that CMS actually defined them following that conference. So I thought that was great. Do you have anything to add on that, Jennifer? No, I, I agree with you. I, I do think, and I'm going to back you up and, and talk a little bit more about the base of the penalties themselves, but I agree with you. Um, and it takes back to that earlier point, which is I think CMS is doing a really good job kind of coming along with us on this ride as people are asking questions about how they're going to be looking at it. I do think they're doing a great job of keeping us informed about what their thought process is and how they're looking at this as we go. So we can all be on the same page. 
Perfect, perfect. So um, let me go through this real quickly. So this this was kind of a hard concept for me to grasp initially when they first released the final rule. So I just want to enlighten anyone else who's possibly new to this. So how they're going to do the audit, it's going to be a random selection of 250 new and accepted records, there goes that defined term, per quarter. A total of a thousand records per calendar year will be reviewed. The review is not by RRE, but rather all accepted records during a specific period. So it will be all RRE's records. So to they'll prorate the selection of newly submitted, and this will be combined between group health plan and not group non-group health plan records. Sounds a little bit confusing, but in essence, what they're saying is we're going to look at 250 records per quarter. And so that was that was real good news. I think that that um, brings down, you know, possibly brings down the probability, but but nobody wants to be that one person who who gets that big penalty, right? So somebody um, is going to be the person, right? I mean, somebody yes, is yes. going to be part of the 250, right? Yes, yes. They'll somebody is going to get hit on that 250. I mean, I'm sure they're going to find some compliance issues. So, you know, what's important for everybody here to know is make sure you have your ducks in a row and, and we'll talk about that. So both the section 111 self-reported submissions, including the quarterly um, instances of a failure to report, might be discovered through other reporting methods. Now, they haven't really come clear on what that is. I mean, could they be looking at documents that are provided in other areas of MSP or Medicare secondary payer compliance, such as maybe a settlement document to see if reporting was done? I don't know. Your guess is as good as mine. But it kind of inferred that reporting wasn't going to be the only way that they would be looking at targeting claims that were not in compliance for reporting. So I'm sure once we start the penalty phase, we're all going to find out about that pretty quickly. <laughs> so so, um, um, so we know that the only thing that they're going to be looking at is that timeliness of the reporting for the ORM acceptance and the TPOC. You mentioned that they're going to do this through an audit um, process. And you mentioned the thousand a year and the 250 a quarter. What if they decide they're going to penalize people? Can you talk a little bit about kind of the process that's going to happen there? They have identified a very high level process, but who will be contacted will be the RRE, the responsible reporting entity. So regardless if you're using, you know, some some people out there, some companies and entities are using different various reporting agents. The one who will be responsible that will be receiving the notification from Medicare will be the responsible reporting entity. So um, they're going through some of those pieces now. Um, I, you know, they've got some examples that they listed on their webinar, but because we're not in real time yet, it's, it's kind of a, it's kind of a guessing game, right, Jennifer? Right. And so the one thing, Suzanne, that I really thought was great in, in kind of this piece of the process is they did identify that they're going to go through an informal process before they would actually get to the point where they are going to issue, you know, a the penalty. formal, right. um, you know, <laughs> actual money penalty. And so I do think that's another piece of good news that we got with this, right? A absolutely. And 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 just to elaborate on what you're saying, and I, I kind of over overlooked that one, and that's a really good point, is you're going to have an opportunity and you're going to have an appeals process. So 
um, they have defined some of those pieces. So uh, I'll give you a for instance. Um, they have what's known in the industry as the safe harbor form, right? The safe harbor form is a form that CMS released several years ago, and they have defined how they want you to use that safe harbor form. Because, right, if somebody refuses to give us their social security number, we obviously can't force them to do that. So um, that can sometimes be a problem, especially for liability claims. So they have released, and it's documented in this webinar, that you need to have at least three attempts, one electronic and two in writing, and you must be using that safe harbor form. So an example could be, not that this has happened yet, Jennifer, but an example might be that um, you have a well-documented process behind the scenes, which is critical and key to avoiding these penalties. And you can say, hey, here's my proof. We we reached out to them on three separate occasions. Here's the dates. Here's the documentation. And possibly it won't even reach that level of a penalty. But, um, you know, we'll, we'll see on that. So it will be an informal process. You're absolutely right. And I was relieved with that piece of the final language as well. So I thought that was good. Right. And so you'll have, um, you know, kind of process wise, they will notify you in the informal process. And you'll have that 30 days to kind of go through, as you mentioned, for the Social Security number, they laid out the, the safe harbor process. But they've also said as far as mitigation and, hey, this didn't get reported or whatever that reason is, they have essentially said they're not going to limit us to any specific, you know, these are the reasons why it's acceptable. They've said, hey, listen, if there is a reason and you get the informal notice, that they are going to you know, accept arguments that you're going to make on the mitigation. They basically said, whatever, whatever you think is a mitigating factor, let us know, we will evaluate before they get to that written um, formal actual um, money penalty. Absolutely. Yeah. And that, that was quite a relief. And, you know, and as far as the audit process goes and the um, penalties, you know, it, like we said, it's going to be a tiered approach. And, and initially, when they released their final language, um, the tiered approach, and I'm not going to go into, you know, high level of detail here, but started off at $250 per day. Um, for less than a certain amount of time for timeliness. Then it went up to 500. And then if it was more than three years late, it went up to 1,000. Well, in case you don't know, they did release in their webinar, in case you haven't heard about it yet, they have published 2024 inflation adjusted rates. And I wanted to mention those. So what was previously in October, November known as $250 per day for inflation for 2024 has gone up to $357 a day. The $500 penalty has gone up to $714 a day. And, you know, gosh, I hope this doesn't happen to anyone. If it's more than three years late, $1,000 a day is now $1,428 per day. So previously they had identified and the, the industry asked for this. They wanted to know what's the maximum penalty that you could have for one single claim. Previously, it was $365,000 a claim, which sounds daunting. Well, with the inflated rates, now the maximum per claim penalty is $521,220. Wow. 
That's a lot so of money. Could, that's <laughs> a lot of money. So, um, you know, if you need more information on this, I, I would encourage you to um, use resources through, you know, the CMS website. You can also go out and look at the MSP network website. And that I wrote that address down so I could give that. Hold on. Let me scroll up. I believe it is um, mspnetwork.org. Um, if you're not already a member, I really think they have a great membership and there's lots of great information and webinars and in-person conferences and it's really a great way to educate yourself so I just wanted to give a little plug for that well thanks Suzanne we appreciate that <laughs> so Jennifer anything else you can think about no, I just, I guess my one question to you, Suzanne, is when you, when we went through in October and we got the um, final rule, and even now, since we had the town hall in January, what do you have outstanding in your mind? What do, are there concerns that you have? Is there something outstanding that you really are looking for them to address? What, you know, we, we mentioned that they said they were going to keep us in the loop. Is there stuff that you're, you know, really focused in on and waiting for from CMS? You know, as far as the civil mon money penalties are concerned, I would say that they've provided a pretty clear footprint. And so I, I know what to expect or anticipate in the upcoming future. Um, there are other changes that Medicare is looking at making in terms of Section 111 reporting that I am anxiously awaiting. So that's going to be a totally another podcast <laughs> um, at some point in the future. So when we have more information about that, we will we will talk about it. But um, I, I think they've done a good job in issuing the final language. I think they were fair. I think they've been concise. And, you know, right now I'm just trying to get my company, you know, ready to go and make sure that, you know, we're in compliance. I mean, that that's the key, you know, don't over-report, don't under-report. You know, if it's an optional field, I don't report an optional field. I only report what's mandatory. So I, I want it to be as clear as we possibly can. And I want to be sure that we're doing what's right. Terrific. Um, so Suzanne, we actually, um, this year on the MSPN uh, podcast, are actually doing a case study all the way through. So we took a little break this month to talk to you because we thought the civil money penalties were so important. But next month, we're going to be jumping back in to our case study. And um, each month, we are going to follow through different topics. So um, next month, I believe we're going to talk about kind of the, the first pieces and going through a claim and setting it up with an eye towards the Medicare secondary payer piece. So thank you, Suzanne, so much for joining us in this in this little jump out to talk about the Section 111 piece. And we hope we can rely on you because I do think there's more, as you said, there's going to be more coming down um, later this year. And as we maybe get just a little bit more clarity on, on some of the other pieces, we'll have you jump back on for an update. Okay. Thank you so much. And again, I really appreciate the opportunity and thank you to everybody out there listening. Terrific. Thank you so much. And um, thank you for setting aside some time for us today. And we'll look for you on the next episode. Okay. Sounds good.